Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, We're already starting off in trouble. Let's get it. It's going to be some fun. And this is Ray Daniels, aka the Culture Referee. And this is the Guy Show. Bo- 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 y'all can make noise. Y'all can make noise. Y'all can make noise. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it because I can't say it. Peer right. pressure. Peer pressure. Go ahead. Okay, and today we have a guest. He's originally from Ghana, and then he moved to Massachusetts when he was four. Yes. Whoop, whoop, shout out to Massachusetts and Ghana. And we, am I going to say it? Say it right for me. Africana? Africana. Okay, because I, I didn't say Massachusetts wrong. I don't need to <laughs> Massachusetts. Hey, everybody wants to right now pressing Africana you with the comment. Africana is in the building. What's Africana. Up, what's up, what's up, Africana. What's Man, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Africana, thank you, thank Africana you. is in here sauced up, by the way. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know if you notice, yeah. Africana. I got to tell you something. I don't know if you notice. Um, I know Corey knows. I know Don knows. Aaron knows. But in Atlanta, when your woman... Starts hanging around the Africans. Oh, yeah. She's out of here. She's gone. She's gone. She's gone. She, she with a man with a passport. Oh, she, oh, no, no. He's selling. The, y'all are the dream sellers. I'm a prince and a king. And I'm going to take you to my country Listen, and I'm going to marry you. Y'all, y'all did that to us. Y'all did that to us. Listen, y'all, y'all did the movies. Y'all <laughs> exactly. let Eddie Murphy get big. Exactly. That's what y'all did. Exactly. Exactly. Y'all sold a dream. Exactly. exactly. I took it and ran with it. So, you know man, I, mean? I just want to tell you, man, welcome to the show. And I don't know. You don't know this, obviously, because, you know, you just walked in red carpet. But. <laughs> There are new artists out there. Don't get mad at me. He signed to my OG, yeah. Mark Byers. Yeah, the GOAT. When I was coming up in the business, Mark would, I would call Mark for any kind of game I could get. Yeah. So shout out to Mark. Yeah. And when Mark called me, it was done. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to make sure for the people that's listening, because people would be like, man, let me get my artists on. I'm like, bro, Yeah. I don't know y'all. Plus, you in the game. Yeah, yeah. In the game, you're a songwriter. Yeah, for years. Artist. What's up? And now it's your time, and you just dropped... Your EP, and it's called... Ghana Must Go. Why is it called Ghana Must Go? So Ghana Must Go is a statement that used to be made back in uh, 83 when um, there was a million Ghanaians living in Nigeria at the time. Okay. So Nigeria had this big oil boom, and everybody was out there trying to get jobs. So as soon as the oil boom kind of dropped, Nigerians were like, listen... 
gotta y'all gotta go. <laughs> Nigerians were saying that. Yeah, because so y'all in Ghana? Because what originally what happened was, right, is that a bunch of Nigerians had moved to Ghana in the 60s. So when Ghana was hitting their independence, they kicked a bunch of Nigerians out. Oh, wow. So the Nigerians got the opportunity to return the favor. Keep that They energy. returned the favor. Mm. So then, you know what I mean? So basically, they expelled a million Ghanaians out of the country. Mm. And in the process of doing so, they were chanting, Ghana must go. Ghana must go. So, you know, the, I don't know if, you have, if you're ever familiar with seeing, like, you know, either an African, Haitian, any immigrant that comes to America, they got that, like, picnic table bag. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what they call them. They call them Ghana must go bags. Oh. So literally what there oh, was, wow. is like, it was basically getting people to go to their crib. Take mm-hmm. all your valuables that you can fit in this bag, mm-hmm. stuff it in that bag, we'll see you at the border. Yeah. So this is a real famous picture with a million Ghanaians standing at the Nigerian border, and it's just, it's wild. So when I, you know, when I made the, when I made the project, I wanted to do something that said something, that would mm. be a conversational piece, that would yeah. be something that, you know, it's a reclamation effort. It's something that I wanted to take the, the phrase back and just say, you know, Ghana just, you know, it's not about just Ghana must go, but Ghana must go far, Ghana must go well, Ghana must go home. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, it's this real feeling of like, you know, just reclaiming what was said and what was spoken and what it felt like and just making it something that was my own, you know. So, by the way, dope. I love Appreciate that. It. I want to ask you a question. When you, uh, a lot of people that watch this show are people who are like dreamers, people that want to be in the music industry, people who just want to be somebody. Yeah. Um, you obviously have two talents. You're here as an artist, but you're also a songwriter. Yeah. Uh, was it, was the plan to always be an artist or was the plan like to be like, an artist and you fell into songwriting? I think it was the plan was to be an artist and I fell into the songwriting. For me, like, I, I really feel like there was never a plan B. Mm-hmm. I think I was just like, however I can get in the door. I would have DJed if I had to. You know what I mean? By the like, way, I, I want to stop you yeah. for saying that because that's what I, point I was getting at. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the middle of writing my first book and I talk about this and I always tell artists, I'm like, you know, it's not about how you want to get in the room. It's about getting in the room. What window is open? Yeah, like it doesn't matter. You could say like you could literally say like you there to be an engineer, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you playing beats and writing songs. I mean, the, Listen, you can, you can't do nothing outside Listen, the door. I got into songwriting on low key on a whim because I had a homeboy. Mind you, I was I was in the middle of a PhD program. I started my first year of a PhD. He's program. smart, by the way. Yeah, don't get it twisted. Okay. Mama, mama raised, didn't raise no fool. <laughs> but, uh, I started a PhD program and I was just burnt out. I was like, man, I'm, I'm like seven years deep into college and university. You know what I mean? Mm. So I was like, I'm kind of burnt out. And I had a homeboy, again, God showing up when he's supposed to. He's like, hey, do you write pop music? And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course I write pop. I didn't write no pop music. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a poet and a, and a rapper at this figure point. Figure it out on But I, I'll figure it out. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Because at the end of the day, I knew that was my door. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I got shipped out to LA, sat there for a month, helped my homeboy finish a pop folk project. Mm-hmm. And literally the next day, my, my man's got signed to, to Akon and Sony. Wow. So when that happened, I was just like, oh, that's how fast this works. Yes. Like if you really are on with the path you're supposed to go, yes. the doors do open. For sure. You know what I mean? So you just got to be heading that way. And so like for me, I learned very quickly, very early, like at the end of the day, it don't matter what the door look like. Mm. It could be, you know what I mean? It could be a nice five-star door or it can be, you know what I mean? A screen door with a hole in it. Exactly. How do you get in the building? Exactly. And once I got in the building, like the first thing I, you know, my daddy always taught me like, you, you might not be smarter, you not, might, might not be richer, but you could work harder. Exactly. So I work everybody. Like, mm. I'm the type of person, I was doing two, three sessions a day. Yeah. Like, just to make sure that they knew who my face was, they knew who I... So at the end of the day, you you know, you started get running into A&Rs that were like, I, my writer fell out, so let yes. me call Nana, because he's always there. Yes. You know what I mean? So I became a consistent reference point for a lot of my A&Rs and a lot of my publishers. Yeah. And then, so when I pushed it like that, you know what I mean? It just... Different things started landing in my lap. And, you know, so when I look at my discography now, you know, five, six years later, I'm like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Like it's 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 pretty. Like, yeah. You know what sure. I mean? It's really sure. attractive. Now, I like that you said go through the open doors. Um, I think that a lot of people just don't understand that part of it. They just want to win so bad yeah. the way they want to win. I, when I was coming up, I always said my advantage to me was that I didn't, this wasn't my dream. So I'm working with talent. This is your dream. So you got a vision of what it looks like. I don't. I just want to make some money doing it. You know what I mean? Which I did. But I watched how many people who knew what they, who thought they knew what they wanted to do, who couldn't see that opportunity, miss it. And then all of a sudden, they pissed off at the game. No, bro, you missed the opportunity. You, the door, I love what you said, walk through open doors. Listen, walk through open doors. The strongest thing I was ever told by my manager was learn how to pivot. Yep. Yes. And that's the, that's the greatest strength of any artist. And learn how to pivot. Because at the end of the day, listen, that first layup might not be open. Mm. Take that extra step. Step back, pivot, pivot, pivot. You're going to find it. Yes. It's always there. For sure. You, know, so. you, um, you spoke about your EP. So go, go back to Ghana. When people listen to that what do you want them to feel when people listen to your music how do you want them to feel i want them to feel themselves in it you know for me like i i did not go into a project to make an afro beat project mm. i went into a project to make a good project mm. because at the end of the day good writing is good writing mm. and i think that's what blessed me coming in as a writer is because i did not come into it like i'm going to try to sound like this or sound better than this i'm going to try to write a good song mm. and at the end of the day i learned a long time ago a good song will always find a home it don't matter how long ago you wrote it. Say that again. The song will always find a home. You and if I mean? it's a great enough song, you can get the music made over. Listen. It can always be brought to life. But that top line. That top line is so powerful. Saying, and the, and I, again, like, I thank God for my road because, you know, I came into it as a poet. Yeah. A rapper. I didn't come into Hold it. Oh, you really came in as a poet. I yeah. thought you was being funny when oh, you said no. poet. You was a real poet? Yeah. Like, I, do, I was literally doing, like, that. spoken word in my city. Like, if you go to my city right now, there's dudes who used to come on date nights to come see me perform. Aww. And and you know what I mean? Like, I, listen, I grew up in a, I grew up in, a, in an era in a generation where, like, high school, to make money, I used to write into people's Valentine's Day cards. So, you know, oh, you, you, know you and your homies would come oh, through wow. my, my, my homeroom, bring yeah. me a bunch of Valentine's Day cards. I write little messages for you and your girl. $10 a pop. Bam. I saw candy. You know what I mean? So I really learned very early the power of words. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and just, and low key how women, you know, receive words. Yeah. So, you know, I just learned like very, very early. Like I got a slick mouth and I can, and I know how to use it and I know how to talk. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's my gift of gab. So when I got into this writing and I started really seeing it from the perspective of like, all right, no, now, now this is how you write to a world. Yes. It's more than just a woman. It's more than just a man. It's more than just a child. It's more than the mother, the father. Like, how do you write to a world? Mm. And when I started really understanding that and understanding how to write, to people, that's when it became pop music to me. That's when I because when you say when you when you said someone asked you did you know how to write pop music, I I want to let you finish, but oh, I was just thinking naturally like pop when people say they are pop songwriter, it's so funny to me because it's like what so that mean you write popular songs <laughs> like yeah. you know what I'm trying to say yeah, like yeah. Like, like, what pop, makes difference? like pop music is popular music yeah mm -hmm. um, there's no real difference to me. And if a song is a pop song or an, another genre outside of the person that's singing it is just white. A hundred percent. So, you know, when, when Justin Bieber took the Music Soul Child record, yeah. <laughs> it was a Neo Soul record when Music Soul Child sung it. Mm -hmm. Justin Bieber sung the exact same song and it's a pop song. It's a pop song. Because white people equal popular. hundred percent. So that's why because, I was just wondering Because that. you forget the United States is mostly white like yep. as much as we want to like act like you know what i mean we just around each other so we yes. see each other yes but it's we're talking about 13 percent black yes you know what i mean so yeah. you walk into a room and 100 people in the room 13 of them are black. black right that's why pop music is considered white yes exactly you know? but for me like what i really learned a long time ago is like with music especially is like 
pop music is less about color and creed to me. It's more about like how many people mm-hmm. can you touch? Yes. Like can the same record that I played for Becky in Nebraska still work for Kwame in Ghana? Mm. Can the same record that works for, you know, I mean, you know, Jessica in Brazil still work for, you know, Malik in Belgium. And, and, and it's something that I want to say that is very important. The biggest songwriter probably of all time is not even American. Who, who are you saying? Max Martin. Whew. Max Martin. So you talking about pop? Max Martin Ooh, is probably the biggest song of songwriter of all time. He wrote yeah. "I Want It That Way" yeah. for the he Backstreet Boys. <laughs> he wrote all Backstreet Boys, that NSYNC, and Britney songs, Britney, yeah. and then came back and wrote Katie, Katie, and then also came back and wrote the Weekends records. Yeah, bro. So, Two generations of pop. Yeah, Max. No, he, three, because he because his first record he ever wrote was "I Saw the Sign" yep. by Ace of Base in yeah. 1991. Yep. You forget that it's a family tree. By the way, I do this shit for a living. Oh, I, I, I have to know. You already know. But the point I was making is is that Max Martin. He always, he, his theory was, it's not about what you're saying, it's about how it sings. Because the, the world, the, most of the world don't speak English. They don't speak English. So as long as they can sing along, so like even us as Americans, we can sing despacito. We can sing that. We think it means desperate, but it doesn't. <laughs> it means something totally different. Point is, is that it doesn't matter what our interpretation is. Only thing that matters is, can we sing it? That's who. That's the lesson Akon taught me. Yeah, we, we were signed to Akon too, so I came up from through the Listen, convict umbrella too. The first thing he taught me when I met him, he was like, "You understand, like eighty five percent of my fans' first language is in English." Yep. So at the end of the day, like I can't complicate this. You know, what I mean, I can't hit you with difficult words. But then the magic of that is, can you be poetic with the simplest words? Mm. If you could do that, it's a smash every time. Like, how well can you can can re- really convey complicated concepts but in simple words? So it's the same thing when somebody says, you're not an expert until you can explain it to a child. Mm. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with music. You're not an expert songwriter until you can write it for a child. Yes. And th- so when you can do it like that, it's a whole different ballgame. Yes, I agree. You know? That's a really good way to look at songwriter. And so um, you said that you didn't set out to make an Afrobeats mm-hmm. album, but, like, what do you label your music thing? Because you came up... Mm-hmm. Like, what, one, I want to know what your musical influences even look like, because I'm pretty sure they're really diverse. It's crazy, yeah. Um, and then how did that impact the type of music you made? Um, see, like, I, I got really lucky because I got a really, really diverse palette of music and just kind of through life experiences. So growing up in my mama's house, it's Ghanaian gospel music. It's like artists like Daddy Lumba. It's Amachi Dede. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's those really grounded Ghanaian artists. And then turn around and I get to America and I used to live by this train station. And, you know, back then we didn't have Spotify's and mm-hmm. all, we had a radio. Mm-hmm. So it's like the only radio station that would come in and this radio station called 96.1. And there's a syndicated lady named Delilah. And she would only play the 80s soft rock hits. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to bed listening to, you know what I mean, Phil Collins and Paul Simon and, you know what I mean, and Sting and, you know, Rod Stewart. And I'm realizing, you know, inadvertently what's happening is I'm getting trained Yes. My ear is getting trained. Yes. So now only records I know as an eight, nine, ten year old is hit pop 80s yes. records. So then my reference point of what a good record is, is these records. So I was like, all right, cool. So then it's not until, you know, I grew up in a really also Christian Bible home. So I wasn't watching BET early. For sure. You know, I was allowed. <laughs> but, you know, when I got to like, when you got to sleep over your cousin's house. That's what you saw. That's what you saw. That's what you saw. The BET. That's what you got. That's what you got. That's what you discovered. That's what you discovered. That's what you saw. That's what you saw. Credit. Cool. It ain't real. You see what that thing smell like. 
Listen, that's, that's when I got introduced to Akinyeli. You know what I mean? Exactly. That type exactly. But, exactly. Uh, but I got a, such an appreciation because for me, when I jumped into hip hop, I really jumped in with like Nas and Brand Nubians and you know Tribe Called Quest, and that was kind of like I, I jumped in hard with the backpack rappers, and then I started gravitating towards Neo Soul and Music Soul Child, like Badu and you know, and, and these artists in the roots, and I'm just so my my palette just kept switching, kept switching. And then interestingly enough, what I've been really realizing is like I also grew up with these alternative rock music. So I grew up with the Matchbox 20s, mm. the semi, you know, semi-charm kind of life and, and these type of records that, you know, Africans weren't necessarily privy to. Mm -hmm. So what it did to my writing on the writing side when I'm working on Afrobeat records now is like, oh, I could pull on all these bags. Yes. You know I mean, I, I'm really one of the few Afro artists that can pull on, you know, what I mean, these dif these different bags that I grew up with. So now that, you know, now that I'm here, like one of my biggest influences for a solo project was Paul Simon's Graceland album. Mm. And the reason I pulled on that, because my, when I was young, my mom had the VHS. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching this VHS and watching this white man go to Africa and perform in front of, you know, all of South Africa. And I'm like, wow, like he got, mm -hmm. you know, he got black, you know, producers, he got black musicians, he got, and I'm just like, I love this. Yeah. What does this look like when the African kid does, you know, the white music essentially? Yes. And what does the reverse feel like? So I was like, all right, I'm going a, I'm to a really jump into this artist bag and really embrace that and really embrace this brand that is like Lord Africana and becoming this new generation of, you know, the Africans. Because for me, I feel like there's this, this is breed that's being created right now with Africans where it's like now you have these duality of cultures. You have these yeah. people that grew up in Ghana but also grew up in America. Mm -hmm. So you got to balance. You know, you got to learn how to code switch. It's yeah. just like, you know, being black here, you got to learn how to code switch. So for me, learning that and being that allowed me to say, you know what, that's who I'm going to represent. Mm. That's my audience. My audience is the hybrids. Yeah. You know I mean, I'm looking for the people that know how to speak two languages, who know how to walk into two rooms and talk differently for both rooms. So, you know what I mean? So that's, yeah, that's really kind of my influence and how it's become for me. You ever felt like your culture hindered you in a way, or did you always feel like, you know what, I'm gonna break through this no matter what? I'm gonna break through no matter what. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, I mean, culture like for me, that's but I could never let it hinder. But, me. but I was about to say, it's an advantage that you have because you are a child of an immigrant, mm -hmm. and in America, I'm letting you guys know, nobody works harder. Nobody than kids <laughs> of immigrants. And I don't know what it is, yeah. but like all my friends, yeah, that would. Parents were immigrants. Like, yeah. I'm the beneficiary. I've managed two guys from the Virgin Islands. It's the U.S. Virgin Islands, but their dad didn't play. Is immigrant. He, they dad didn't play. They didn't, they didn't act like Americans. They was only there to work. Mm -hmm. Like, I used to have to make them enjoy. Like, enjoy a little mm -hmm. bit. They was mm -hmm. like, no, nah, that's different between Africans. Like, Africans don't have a good dad's time. Sometimes, but even me, like, I feel like <laughs> it's, it's uncomfortable sometimes having a good time. I'm yeah. like, I'm yeah. all looking around like, yo, I'm missing nah, me too. out me too. Even now, I'm still, like, is somebody coming to get me, like, this shit don't feel yeah. like, bro, yeah. bro, I work like there's no tomorrow. Same. So, so let me ask you. So you obviously are a new artist, but I don't think you're new. You're more seasoned. You're just stepping off the porch yeah. with a different role. Yeah. Um, if there was new artists coming up, if there's a 15-year-old kid that, that wants to be the next Lord Africana, mm -hmm. what do you say to him? How do you, what would you say to them for them to get to where you are faster than you got there? Do everything in your power to find out who you are. Because I really feel like what's missing from this industry is the ability to understand what you are like as a fingerprint. Yes. Right? So like real big artists that you love and you follow, the reason why they special is because there's nobody else like them. You know what I mean? So you have to figure out what is that thing that separates you from everybody else. And like for me, I really believe like God gives you a very unique path. Everybody's everybody's life is as individual as their fingerprint. Yep. So you have to be as much of yourself in your music. Mm. And, and like don't rap about stuff you ain't doing. 
Yeah. Talk about what you're doing. It's exactly. okay because it's okay. I promise you there's 30,000 kids who are doing the same thing. Do it for them. That's what I say. Do it for the same person that's in your shoes because at the end of the day, somebody knows how you feel. There's 7 billion that's people what, in That's what world, I say. Right? Like, stop, stop trying to... Like, even if you send, sell 10 million albums in the U.S., there's still 350 million people here. 7 billion people in the world. There's 7 billion people in the world. Like, so when you look at it like that, it's like, like what, the fuck? what is 10 million, I'm, I'm right? trying to be somebody else for who? But you sell it by knowing who you're selling it to. A 100%. lot of artists want to just make music and put it out and say, you guys, like, it's almost like I'm too cool. Mm-hmm. That's my song. Y'all define it. <laughs> okay, nigga. I feel like, I feel like labels you, are doing you, that too, you, though, low-key. No, labels are. Labels Listen. are the worst at it, by the way. Listen. And here's the reason why, because they don't even have people in the room that can tell you that. They don't have guts. So when, you, when I'm listening to you talk, I'm, like, impressed. I'm like, man, it's, it's really, like, I think it's really easy to be successful in, in the music business. I believe it's not hard. It's, the hardest part is figuring out who you are. And the reason why it feels hard is because most people don't know. don't know. And they don't even know that that's the identity crisis they have it. They just all over the place. Like one minute they happy, one minute they sad. And they don't know why. And they don't know why. <laughs> and they feel like the world should follow them because that's the mood they're in. And they didn't stay consistent and they lose. Yeah. So let me ask you. So you wrote, you obviously a songwriter. Can we get some of the credits? Oof, I mean, we're down the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with Akon, BB Rexa, DeVito, The Baby, Tiwa Savage, Yemi Holiday, um, Pharrell, you know, Big Mama, Beyonce. Um, who else, who else, who else? Let me run down. Um, Mr. Probs. Um, I've got an opportunity to really work with just amazing, amazing artists, man. Like, what mm. song are you most proud of? Like, what song did you put out there and you was like, if I didn't do anything else, I know the world has this. The Beyonce records. Like, I think it's, because for one, it's, it's a very, it's a small club. You know what I mean? Not many writers are invited into that club. I was just about to ask you, how did it happen? Right. But when I say it? God lines it up, <laughs> man, like, so I'm sitting at home, and this is, you know, we're talking about pandemic era, you know what yeah. I mean? And I just had my daughter in 2016, right before the pandemic hits. And I'm sitting at the crib, and I'm like, yo, I can't go back to L.A. like I used to. I can't, because mm. I used to spend like three months in L.A., three months yeah. off. So I'm like, I got to stay home. But as a songwriter, it's out of sight, out of mind when it comes exactly. to these A&Rs. Yes, it is. So how do I still submit records and still stay on the email box without, you know, being able to be in the studio? So I, you know, I took my last bit of my publishing check, and I bought a computer, bought a mic, Bought a um, interface and I was like, I'm just gonna teach myself how to record. Mm. Cause you know, you listen. Somebody told me long. It takes 365 days to learn a new skill. Mm. 365 days is gonna pass regardless. Mm. Either you gonna know something new, or you're not. Or you're not. Either you gonna be thankful a year from now, or you are gonna be regretful, or you are gonna be stressed out because yeah. you didn't. So I started. I started. You know what? Every day I'm with my daughter. I'm literally holding my daughter. Hit record. I'm like, All right, no, I don't like that. Hit record. I don't like that. And it just got to a point where, like, at the end of the year, we're like. Oh, I'm I'm getting better. Mm. I'm getting stronger. So then, you know, two years pass, and I'm still at the crib. Like, yo, this is getting kind of getting broke. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You know, time is hitting. And then what I so what I did is I just started like dipping more into my artist bag and into more of the Afro beats because at the time, Afro beats isn't what it is now. Yes. But I, but as an African, I'm going to the parties. I'm going to the events. So I'm seeing it bubble mm-hmm. before any other label is seeing it bubble. I'm mm. seeing the people. Listening to it, so I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm calling A and R's like, yo, this Afrobeat thing coming, and they like, yeah, you know, it's gonna be like reggaeton. It's just, you know, it's gonna be a fad, and I'm like, I'm telling you, it's coming. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, what I start doing is just stockpiling records, stockpiling records, and then randomly I get a phone call from my publishing company, I'm signed to BMG, and they were like, yo, um, do you happen to have any Afrobeat leaning records? Well, I got like a whole folder, like you know what exactly. I mean. So you know, this is so I, I literally sent them the stash of records. 
Six months go by, I hear nothing. I'm like, oh man. Did I just like, you know what I mean? Did I just dump it all and nobody likes what I did? Yeah. And then I get a phone call from BMG like, can you be, it's like a Tuesday, can you be in LA on Thursday? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but why? Like we'll let you know. I'm like, oh, they real oh, secretive on this. Yeah, that's how they work. That's right? how they work. That's how she works. That's, that's how, how she works. So okay. it's like, so literally, I'm flying out maybe 6 a.m. Yeah, I get a phone call 9 p.m. talking about, all right, listen, you're going to work on Beyonce's Blackest King album. You know, you can't, you can't really tell anybody. You know, on the NDA. Yeah. Listen, the minute I walked into that lady office, the first thing they do is sign an NDA. Yep. Like I'm talking about, the lady didn't even introduce her name. Yep. <laughs> like I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Just listen, just slip me, a, slip me a piece yeah. of paper. I was just like, all right, well, I guess I know what this is. Yeah. But uh, one thing I gotta say, like I will always tell people about this experience, and this is why it's the most important record to me. I got to see her work ethic. Mm. Yes. And that changed everything. Yes. Because you know what I mean? When you're seeing people from the outside and you're seeing success from the outside, it looks real easy. Yeah. It's like the Michael Jordan quote, did I make it look too easy? Yeah. But when I'm sitting here in this lady's office and she's meeting with Adidas and then she turned around, she's meeting with Pepsi and she turned around, she's doing a photo shoot. Yeah. And she's turning around and like, like okay and looks and, and outfits mm -hmm. that she needs to. I'm like, oh, I see what this is. Exactly. I see this is a machine. Right. Yeah. And you have input on every part of the machine. Because once you know how the machine works, you know how to bend the machine. Yes. You know what I mean? So once I realized that, I was like, it made me go back and look at my project and look at my artistry and be like, oh, this needs to be a machine. Yeah. This can't just be recording records but, and dumping but, them all But you don't notice, but you were already the machine. Yeah. Like, even as you're hearing, you're saying... See, this is what I tell people. You literally were preparing for mm -hmm. that moment. Mm -hmm. You didn't know. Not at all. Because what people don't talk about is those six months. Mm -hmm. When I say, man, that was a hard six months, that right. shit feel like, man, that ain't nothing. Yeah. Right? But when you in month 37, I mean, you in day 37, <laughs> Listen. and you don't know if what it's- What it look like. You don't know he if- He said, it's, nobody likes this. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, those moments pass. Yeah. And then it's like, especially when you're trying to get something, yeah. every day matters. Yeah. Like, I work like that to this day. Like, I have to make every day count. I take the 100%. weekends off now only because, you know, it was, you people, it was, but it was, I know a couple of people who I looked up to in the game wind up, I mean, well, committed suicide. Yeah. And yeah. I understood why yeah. when I got to a certain point in my career. And then I was talking to a, a mentor of mine and he was like, and he, you know, was a white guy. And he was like, man, you know. You guys have been taught by puffing all those guys that can't stop, won't stop. But that's not good for your mental health, Ray. And he was like, you need to take a couple of days off for yourself. And I was like, what? Let me try it one weekend. I ain't stopped doing that five <laughs> years later. No, I don't even want to talk yeah. to you on a weekend. Yeah. I need a chance to reset my brain. Yeah. I don't even want to talk to you. So what you did was you stayed in the process. Yeah. Didn't know that the biggest artist in the world was coming in six months. Because if you do knew that, you probably wouldn't have been working so hard. You know what I did, though? That same year? Because I'm, I'm very much like, again, this is, this is the Bible kid in me, right? I'm very much the kid who writes visions down to make them plain. For sure. Right? So my, my mom used to teach me when I was a kid. Like, if you really want something, write it down, post it somewhere you're going to see every day. Mm -hmm. And strangely enough, it always come true. Yep. I promise. So at the beginning of that year, I wrote down two things. I wrote down I want to work with a major label artist. Mm -hmm. I want to be Grammy nominated. Mm. I was like, because you know what I mean? You got to make it so only God can do it. Yes. You feel what I mean? Because like, otherwise you're going you're gonna to think it's you. But you know what I think also? Mm -hmm. I'm going to take it further. I think also... Writing it down now makes you responsible. A hundred percent. So it's and like your body and your mind cause, agree. Because the minute that you're doing something that goes away from that, it no. don't matter what nobody in this room thinks. You know. You know. You know. Because you made that agreement with yourself. And when I started doing that, oh, everything changed. Yep. Everything just started moving differently. So it's like, so it's hard for me sometimes when people be like, are you excited? You're like, it's like, 
I expected this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I ex- not, it's no disrespect to nobody. Mm-hmm. I just expected to be here because I had the conversation with God. Mm-hmm. We, we already chopped it up. He already told me, like, this is what you're going to get. So it's like, for me, I move at a different level of confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's what I call God mode. It's like, when you're able to tap into a point where you're like, listen, I, like, I wrote all this down. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like... I'm 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 on it. I'm blessed. You know, what I mean, I'm I'm really I'm really you know I'm where I'm supposed to be. How yeah. do you set new goals from there? Because if your goal is to kind of do the top things in music, mm-hmm. right? Work with Beyonce, mm-hmm. get a Grammy. How do you figure out what's next? Because I think that's why people get sad. Make them crazier. Make them crazy. Listen, Keep like that's it. that's the that's the key. Like imagination is one of the most beautiful things in the world. Like the ability to imagine something that does not exist, mm-hmm. and you don't know who you are until you get your first check. Whew. You don't know who you are. I want to meet me. No, I'm just tell, no, I'm telling you, you don't know who you are till you get your first check. And the most mm-hmm. unfortunate part about our business is, I can invest my entire life in this guy, mm-hmm. and he gets a check for three hundred k, and now he like, nigga, I'm gone. Give, I gotta give you thirty thousand. No, no, not even that. I mean, not even that. But I'm talking about deeper than that because you, you know, you, you, you know, if you dealing with the certain people, you're gonna pay. But I'm talking about you. Now you got money, like. I have a rule in business. My rule is I play like I'm down 20 points every day. Mm-hmm. I play like I'm down 20 points every day. I don't, sh- I don't cheat this process or nothing. Yeah. And when I say that to you, I'm just looking at you. I'm like, you just don't, I just don't think people get that. Like you don't know who someone is. It's, I know I'm like stressing on it, but no, here's why. Real. I respect it. Because Tamira, I might work with you for three fucking years, mm-hmm. put my everything into you thinking that we're going to go to the top of the mountain. And then you get a check for a few hundred thousand dollars and you like, and I'm huh? with Oprah. nigga, this the top. <laughs> this the top. And I'm like, like no, there's more. No, there's more. And, and that's why I think, the, Aaron, that's why I think the mama mentality is, is rooted in. It's rooted in not being, not the like some people are happy to be on a plane. Some people want to fly first class. They're happy that. Some people want to own a private jet. Like, it's, if it's like me, I, I ain't flown coaching 10 years. That don't, that's not cool to me. I'm trying to get to private jet life. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know what I mean? Like, what if I was happy riding what first class? First I would class. be like, I made it. So I think a lot of the times in our business, you don't know who someone is. Not even you don't know. They don't know who they are until they get their first check. Mm-hmm. And, and then they get their first amount of access. Like, now the chicks look better. Now the mm-hmm. weed you're smoking is better. Mm-hmm. Now you went from drinking the cheapest liquor to now you're drinking the best liquor. So now you're so busy enjoying, you forgot it was that malt liquor. It was that hood chick. It was that hood scenario that gotcha. that made you so hungry that you was going to do whatever it took to win. Mm-hmm. You thought you didn't know that that's what made you. So you really trying to like leave your old life behind so bad mm-hmm. that you left the old you behind. Mm-hmm. Now the new you don't know what the fuck to do because he wasn't prepared. You are fucked. <laughs> I got my first check, bro. I couldn't. I, I really thought I was robbing the bank. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe I got oh, had shit. that much money. But I also knew. I never want to be broke again. <laughs> so I knew whatever I did to get that money, I'm going to do that doing. every day of my life until that shit, until I have enough money. And then you get enough money, then you realize, well, shit, my lifestyle's a lot higher than it was. <laughs> These bills are a lot harder. Nigga, I remember 20000 was a lot of money. <laughs> God, that shit just covers half the bills. Hold on. You know what I mean? Like, you start, think, you start understanding 100%. that. So, you know, it's just, just, I love that you had that mentality and you didn't allow a check to alter you. Because you know what it is? Because when I got my publishing check, right, mm-hmm. I, I did what every hood haircut does, like, right? I blessed the people around me. For sure. Helped me get there. And, sure. And as soon as I did that, they were all gone. And so it's like, so I always looked at it like, that was God giving me a lesson. Like, listen, 
you paid to get you paid to get the rats out the out the house. Yes. Cool. I appreciate it, God. It was an expensive lesson, but I know what that means now. Yes. You know what I know what it means when, you know what I mean, instead of feeding them, instead of teaching a man how to fish, you were feeding fish. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool, I get it. Because now I don't have to feel bad about saying no to you. I already blessed you. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you can't come back now. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? Because you already turned your back and closed the door. Exactly. But you know what I mean? But but the blessing of that, mm-hmm. I learned that I'm a hustler. Yeah. Because the the greatest lesson of a hustler is what? Losing it. Getting it back. Mm-hmm. That's the true mark of that will a hustler. Make, that, that'll make you a hustler. That'll make you a hustler. So when I lost it, and I really saw where everybody was, and who, who was still calling my phone, who wasn't, mm-hmm. I was like, say less. But, that's, but, I, but it's good that you did that early. early. Some people do that later Before in life. Before anybody saw it. Some people do that later in life. Because mm-hmm. so, then it's, that, that's, that's good. Yeah. So um, I have a theory yes. I want to discuss with you. Okay. Well, not even a theory. Uh, we were talking about it on an interview. What I, what I learned was that Cause we talk about the state of R&B a lot on this show, but, and then I also speak about how hard it is for male R&B singers to talk about love. Cause it feels lame. Afrobeat artists do it all the fucking time. And it sounds cool. How do y'all do that? We're lover boys. Like, you know what I mean? By nature, like it's in the culture. Like, you know what I mean? Like we, like you understand my grandfather had 14 kids. Mm. You know what I mean? My grandfather's brother had 48 kids. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, we, you're talking about a society that was very much so driven by patriarchal nature. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's in the nature of African men to woo women and, and chase girls and, you know, but, talk but, you, but, talk. but But maybe you can help this, Tamara, but America has embraced it. So when you think about, like, because I'm in love with you, girl, like... I think it goes name melody, a name like a male R and B artist that said that on the record lately. That was a hit, and you know, but you know, there's there's, a, there's another That's layer to toxic it, right? Music is too popular. No, but I'm saying, but we okay. But this is my point. If we say toxic music is so popular, mm-hmm. y'all are able to not be toxic and win. Mm-hmm. It feels good. Afrobeats feels good. Like is it said, the even tempo? If we don't know what it is. It is it the tempo? Good. It's tempo and melody. It's tempo and melody. Like melody is very like we, you don't realize how good these melodies. Really I think are. I know what it is. What do you think? I actually know the answer. It's the accent. Oh. I'm not even... Every, well, let me, every girl loves let me, a foreigner? No, no, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, like, Don Vito can come in here and say something like a dude from Gary, Indiana. Hey, y'all, y'all need to chill out. And people will be like... No, man, listen, that's supposed Don, to be... He sound like the, the, the crab from Little Mermaid. I'm saying, like, I'm saying, like, we... No, no, I'm saying, but when someone says it in a British accent... Oh, that British oh, accent. That British accent have niggas standing up straight like, oh, the accent. Listen. Now, hold on. Dude. You already said, he said, yeah, like, exactly. They just sound smarter. So I think so that is like, something. I think, exactly. Oh, okay. I think it's almost like that's how they talk where they're from. Mm-hmm. That's how they talk where they're from. So we'll let that happen. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to the songs, Afro Beats has literally is the only people talking about love mm-hmm. in black music right now. I, this, and this is the Even other, the women are toxic as fuck. This is the other challenge I <laughs> yes. want to give after Black the music, though. Oh, we got a challenge. I, I want to see them take it to another layer. And what does that look like? Meaning, like, don't just talk about love. Oh, uh, you about to fuck, so you about to fuck it up. You about to fuck it up. We need you. Y'all winning right now. We trying to figure out how to talk about love. I mean, to keep doing it, like, but this other, life is way deeper than just love. Give me an example. All right, so a good artist that I love right now is Omale, right? Okay. Omale has a good way of- He's on Warner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he talk, he's able to talk about depression mm. and being sad and being unhappy about certain things, but still make it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Where you're sitting there, you're like, this is a beautiful song, and I did not know what this was about. You know what I mean? So it's like, I want the subject matter to be more diverse. 
Mm. Because like there's going to come a point where people are like, they're going to pigeonhole you and put us just in that lane where mm-hmm. I only want to hear Afro beats when it talks about this. Yes. So if you don't immediately kind of rip that bandaid off and show people like, oh, I could talk about this, talk about this, talk about this. That's what's going to happen to Afro beats. So that's again, that's my only challenge. To Afro I think it's the accent. I still think it's the accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you like dog. The reason why Drake is so big is because his accent when he talks. No, no. When he raps. You hear an accent when he raps? No. I'm no. That's why it works. He sounds like a he he raps on southern beats and you can follow every word. Yeah, yeah. He has southern flow, but you can follow. You know how I learned this? Drake song "Controller." Controller is one of my favorite Drake records, and you know I manage guys from the Caribbean, so you know me. I'm an American. I'm just jamming to that shit. I'm like "Controller," and he's like, "Ray, you don't know why you like this?" And I'm like, "Teron." He was like, "I was like, no, this shit hard." He said, "Ray, he's singing in a Caribbean accent, but with a, with a Caribbean melody, but he's singing in an American." A dialect, mm-hmm. so he's like, and I never want to waste you, shawty. Don't like he say, like it sounds Caribbean because mm-hmm. the beat is Caribbean, like trickly, but you're though. it's tricking the mind. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's why my project is sounding. It's, the way it's it tricking the mind. 100%. So I'm telling you, that accent fools us. Mm-hmm. It fools us. I'm telling you, that accent. I learned that from Akon, by the way. Yeah. He said, Akon said, if you got an accent, no matter where you go in the world, use it because no one can challenge you. 100%. Like my New York accent gets me so far in life. I just have to. <laughs> Wait, okay. We talking. So it's not one time that she can't bring up. To, Where has the yo, accent, Lord Africana? Um, we will be talking to a pastor, <laughs> and she will be like, "So you know, New York, you ever have Funk Flex did?" And the pastor like, "Who's Funk Flex?" I just and she's like, no "Funk Flex." He did this. It's like, we don't give a fuck about what's happening in New York right now. Everybody loves a New York accent. That's why you left. But um, you said that, um, so how do we stop Afro beats from being like reggae thong and kind of being just a fad? What are we going to do to make sure that it has longevity and that it stays here for a long time? I think it's about blending. I mean, like, I, I really feel like good music is about figuring out how you can blend different genres together, right? So, like, for me, I think it's it's about the Afro beat kid doing a country record. It's about the Afro beat kid doing a, a pop rock record. It's about us hearing the Afro beat accent, like you say, you know what I mean? Like doing like a European EDM record. The more we do that, the more we kind of walk into these different spaces, into these different rooms, being ourselves. Mm-hmm. Don't just, you know what I mean? Don't just go there and do them. Go there and be yourself. Yep. The more we're able to do that, I'm telling you, it'll change everything. And like not only that, we not only that, we can't we can't question it. That's the best part about it. In the States, we can't question it. How are you gonna say he's doing it wrong? How are we gonna say he's doing it wrong? How? And he's black, and he got the sauce. Mm-hmm. How are we gonna say he is wrong? That's, that's why it works. That's why I love this project. By the way, right? everybody's trying to figure out how to break into Afro beats right now because they said you got some places in Africa, and I'm just telling you what I've heard in offices. Don't don't get offended. I'm just saying what they say. They say that you you have people in Africa that might not have access to water within a mile or two, but they all got phones in their hands, yeah. which means that they can be streaming customers. The secret is they plugged into the internet. Bro. Yep. So the fact that they have access to the internet yep. gives them the opportunity. So you like. And this, how many people in Africa? Who knows? There's 54 countries. Exactly. I know, I know, you I know, know I know Nigeria has 200 million plus alone. Lagos alone has 16 million. So you talking about, you talking about maybe a billion people, 800, a billion people in, in Africa who are, have phones in their hand that can stream music. Oh, the colonizers are coming. They're going to get, they're going to give you the they money. They gave y'all niggas internet and phones and not water. That's what Bro, like, But that's what, that's really what, like, that's crazy. People, people, think about people it. keep asking why, like, like, Afrobeats now, and it's like, that's why. Yeah. We plugged into the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, we literally now can upload our own music. How can, important is it for you to be successful in both areas? Like, be successful here, but also be successful in Ghana? Very, very. I think, I think for me, like, 
because growing up, right, like we growing up as a Ghanaian in America, like there's a very distinct um, upbringing for us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for me, like I grew up in, I, I was blessed though, because I grew up in Worcester and Worcester, Massachusetts is really interesting because it literally has the highest concentration of Ghanaians in the entire United States. Mm-hmm. So okay. mile for mile, we literally have the most Ghanaians in the U.S. So it's like, it's the one city I could have grew up in and still remain culturally wow. Ghanaian. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm talking about the restaurants, the churches, the So you the feel you you were surrounded by culture your whole life. I never felt like I was not being Ghanaian. That's oh. fire. It, it's it's rare. That's fire. It's rare. You, you imagine moving to New York. Yeah, we got a little strip on 118. You got strips. You know what I mean? You got these game. enclaves. You got these little, you know, you, like Chinatown. By, they by built the way, a whole Chinatown. By the way, that's the second word you done said that I don't know the definition of on the show so far. <laughs> <laughs> I know you went to college. You yeah, said man. enclave. Uh, listen, listen, Corey, listen. he said enclave. That's I'm about that. to Google that shit. That's the HBCU, man. That's the HBCU education. you went to? Alcorn State University, man. The illustrious Alcorn State University, man. You didn't play it, you you said no, I didn't oh, pledge. I didn't okay. pledge. All right, let me you know, mind this my was too much money for that uh, that first oh, little, that first deal and fee. Excuse me. Hey, listen, I come from an immigrant family, man. We cut we we cut the cost where we can cut them. Oh, I feel you. <laughs> so you know what I mean. Enclave is a portion or territory within or surrounded by a larger territory. Look, and he used it in a proper on, term. Like, you cold, brother. I want to see you go to the top. You know I mean? I Just like you use big words and shit. Just how you get around the white folks and be like, no, it's an enclave. And they'd be like, oh, they be texting each other like, this motherfucker is smart. We can't play the dumb games with him. He's intelligent. We gonna be in a meeting on Friday Exactly, exactly. I read my contracts, you feel me? Okay, so I got a couple more questions before, you know, we wrap. I want to ask you a couple questions. So, Let's 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 use this as a time capsule. Okay. A year from now, where is Lord Africana gonna be? Hopefully on everybody's playlist. Nah, <laughs> we're not saying hopefully. We okay. you was raised in a house we where will. you wrote stuff down. You're right. You're right. See, you're right. We, I'm with you right now. I'm holding you accountable. I'm your accountability brother. 100%. Where are you gonna be a year from now? I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna be. be traveling and touring. Traveling mm. and touring. My my goal is to be on a global tour. Mm. With so so global tour. With a, a, a bigger act or your own global tour, with a bigger act. Like gotcha. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I've never been the type of person to want to jump off the porch and not know what I'm doing. Mm. For sure, I want to see examples. I want to see what is, you know, what's out there. What people are really doing. I'm. So for me, like I want to jump out with a bigger act. I, I always tell artists this, and I'm, a, I'm gonna do it to you because yeah. I wouldn't do this to an artist normally, but you're smart. Um, when I'm talking to artists about like developing them, I'm always like, give me three artists that you will go, you should go on tour with now. Give me three artists that you, and mind you, I don't let them say Beyonce because nobody is coming to see. Nobody, but I'm just saying. But no, here's not that. What artists don't understand is that no one that's coming to see Beyonce cares about you, and you think I'm so dope I could take it. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay, when you come lonely. on stage and be like, "What's up, everybody?" The guy's gonna be like, "Babe, I'm gonna go get the drinks yeah. now." You feel me? Come on, right? You feel so me? You feel me? So, it's a real so, I, so I'm asking for like three, <laughs> the whole twelve months from now, three artists that you feel like you fit the bill of that you should be touring with. Three artists. See, it's interesting for me because I like I like smaller artists. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna That's say, even better though. Yeah, yeah. you know. I didn't say you on one. By, by the way, by the way, I'm not yeah. saying you gotta be performing in front of twenty thousand. Okay, good. But by the way, that's the that's the trick part to the question. That's why mm-hmm. I feel comfortable asking you. Because sometimes you wanna go so big, you're not realizing it's too big. Yes, so I'm like, what artists would you like to be on tour with right now? Or twelve months from now, who we gonna find you on tour with? Right now. By the way, Corey, I want tickets to the tour because I'm manifesting right. this of shit. Course, I'm, of I'm a co-manifester. Listen, I would, I would love, nigga. I'm Corey Sparks. I would love to have a three-man <laughs> three tour. Yeah, I like co-manifesting. <laughs> I would love to have a three-man tour. This okay. is this is me. 
This is um. I will have a three man. Yeah, oh, I will go. have a three man tour, and this is with me, Fields, okay, Nigeria, and he's on one or two, so that's yeah. possible. Loki, me, Fields, and Omale. All th- all one artists. I think. I think. By I the way, by the way, you might not. Tour. Corey can put that together right I'm, now. I'm, listen, Corey. Corey Sparks. Come on, Corey. He's in the room. I'm pressing you. Registry memorized in your head. I used to work for Better. Warner. Jeez. I used to work for Warner, oh, so, so you know I, that I, I just know. I just know everybody. the roster. But yeah. but not only that, I know the rosters because labels call me for help when they need hits. Yeah. So when you know they gonna give you them names. They gonna give you names like <laughs> Radius is such and such a Republic. Yeah, I need help yeah, with this. Yeah. Okay, but so that's three artists that you would. That's three artists that you. Would, no, no, you got. You said two. Feels Omale, give me one more that you won't be on tour. No, I said twelve okay, months from now. Okay. Oh, 12 months from now. That's but that's that's that feels possible though. Yeah, that feels right. 100%, 100%. So twelve months from now, you on you on tour either Omale, mm-hmm. Fields, or give me one more. Mm. Gotta go with Auntie Tiwa. Tiwa mm. Savage, man. Isn't that um Rotimi's? What? Isn't she like Rotimi's? No, no, let me see. I doubt, I doubt that. I thought she was. Oh, respect, yeah, I doubt that was a little. No, no, I know. I know you, you know Rotimi. Rotimi. Yeah, but he's married to a famous Afrobeast artist. I don't know who, though. It's a, it's a woman. Yeah, but I don't think it's T.Y., though. Oh, I thought it was. I, I, but, I thought it was. But yeah, T.Y. was one of those artists that I, I, I just loved watching her perform. I think her showmanship is dope. And she could sing. Like, truly sing. Like, you know what I mean? You meet people who, you know, that auto tune goes save Vanessa MD. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's his advice. Yeah, see, I knew he was married to somebody. But yeah, so T.Y., so let me ask you, because. This is, I rarely interview, I think this is the second time we've ever interviewed a, a new artist, and we didn't even put the other one out yet. Um, so this is our first time really doing something like this. Thank so you, I got, a couple, Thank you. I got more, a couple more. If, if I'm watching this and I don't know who you are, give me three moments in people's lives where your music fits the soundtrack. I, 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 I do this shit for a living, by the way. This is how, this how we get the hits with other artists, by the way. So I'm going to just, you know, because I write a lot of records. So I'm going to consolidate a little bit. I'm so, talking about your music, though. Your yeah. music. So if we're talking about just the EP, No Day Tire, that's the record that you work out to. Okay. But that's also the record that you, that's, that's the energy record. That's the record for the, the Blue Collar Bully. Okay. Yeah, because for me, like, it was always a record that I always told myself, like, what would my dad listen to if he grew up nowadays, but he was 25? Got you. And he got to get up. He got to go to work. He got to grind. He got got three kids. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what No Day Tire is. No Day Tire is that record for that immigrant that's on the grizzly. Well, well, okay, so I want to, I'm going to give you, I'm going to refine the question a little bit more. I don't want you to refer to records. Mm -hmm. I want to refer to you. Okay. Right? So let me tell you what I mean, right? So if I'm... I love Usher music, yeah. but I ain't listening to Usher music when I'm trying to go get some money. Mm-hmm. When I want to get some money and I had to get inspired, I'm playing Ross or Hove. Mm-hmm. When I'm trying to feel, when I feel like I'm by myself and I want to feel okay. good about where I'm at in life, I'm playing Yay. So what records? So I'm I asking what? what no, no, you. Yeah. I'm talking Lord Africana. If it's three moments and I'm thinking about artists, like where am I gonna? What am I gonna think about? Who, what moments in my life do they fit? Right. So I give an example. Right. So when when our city's locked away with Feast from Adam Levine, the reason why. I picked that as a single was because he says, if I got locked away and I lost it all today, tell me honestly, would you still love me the same? And I was like, I asked that as a human. So that moment fits the moment when I'm talking to like my girl and I'm being vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm being vulnerable and I'm like, yo, would you still fuck with me if I lost it all? Mm-hmm. That's the soundtrack that that moment fits to, right? Mm-hmm. So when I'm working with artists, I think that, and by the way, this is why I'm the best and these other label niggas is whack as fuck <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they're just trying to get a hit. And what I tell artists is, is that you have to own a mood, right? You have to own a mood. I have to know 
when I'm like right now, if somebody says, man, we need some energy in here. I, I already, I'm not thinking play a Usher song, yeah. even though Usher's incredible. If I'm, if I'm vibing with a chick, I'm gonna play an Usher record, you feel me? But if I'm trying to turn the crowd up, I might play Black Eyed Peas, fucking pump it louder. You know, it depends on what color the crowd is. Mm -hmm. So when I'm working with new artists, I always like to get them to see, because it's niches and riches. Yeah. And the reason why most artists, and by the way, this is me helping. This is me helping. The reason why most artists don't work in major labels is because major labels don't understand niches. Mm -hmm. They take you to the audience, to masses, and hopefully somebody finds you. This is why most artists fail on major labels. Mm. Because major labels is like, I'm going to do, it's one size fits all. I'm going to do the same thing for everybody in here. Whoever the crowd want, that's what we chasing. Mm -hmm. So I tell artists, if you're not, and I'm writing this in my book by now. I'm telling artists, I'm like, if you don't know the moments in life that your music belong to. Like when I think about Lionel Richie, I think about Sunday mornings, cleaning the house, playing that. You know what I mean? Like, so when I want to say, well, I'm thinking about Lord Africana. Give me some moment, three, I would prefer three, but give me three moments. So like, for example, you, you got some energy in your record. So if you were, if you a black girl and you like to work out and still want to feel good, that's good where time. you come in. Yeah. So that could be one moment. Yeah. So give me two more. Okay. So, so pillow is the moment when. You know, Not the song. Okay. You, I want to talk about you, right, the so, brand. So, so the moments for me is like, I, I feel like there's, there's, there's the girl who is dealing in a relationship who is kind of deciding she wants to leave, doesn't have that cosign yet, doesn't have that thing that's so telling so, her. So if a female is having, is being vulnerable, but she's looking for strength, mm -hmm. your music. Mm -hmm. See how that work? Yeah. See how that work? Now let me tell you how that work. Let me tell you why that works. Mm -hmm. Well, give me one more, then I'm going to tell you why. Okay. And then for me, like, another situation. Like, feeling comfortable accepting yourself, flaws and all. Really looking in the mirror and taking genuine stock mm. because I, I think the thing that people don't do is like we'll shit on ourselves without necessarily understanding why honest moments in your life honest, true, honest, honest true moments, moments with yourself you know who gives me that for when I think about I want to be honest mm -hmm. that's how music works I think about Kanye all falls down mm. that's what made me love him because he was the first rich person successful person mm -hmm. to actually make to actually not say look at me I'm better than you mm -hmm. And he was saying, look at them. I'm it so seemed like they have the American dream, yeah. but the people high up got the yeah, lowest self-esteem. So when you coming up as a dude who's broke, when college dropped out, I was mm -hmm. broke. Those words was like motivation for me. Because mm -hmm. you think the people are up there because they better than you. Yeah. Kanye gave us the answer. They not better than you. When he did Big Brother for Jay-Z, and he's like, and he's explaining like, Jay-Z about to rock a show. I'm thinking, oh, I'm about to come. And then they was like, you could buy two tickets. <laughs> like, that shit was like powerful. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it, cause, but it was What's real though. It, it was rejection. And he mm -hmm. was talking about it from a victor way. He wasn't mm -hmm. a victim in a rejection. Mm -hmm. He was strong in the rejection. And I think that that's why no matter what he does, I won't turn on him. Because mm -hmm. whatever he's doing, he's already shown us that I'm not like these people up here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I've done what they've done because I wanted to be like them. And then I realized that they weren't better than me. Mm -hmm. So when you're mm -hmm. going out and Corey knows this, when you're going out and they're trying to get your music out, the, the label, the, the, the label has to be lazy. They have to be no disrespect to you. They literally go from like, this is your day to Corey might have another artist tomorrow, then another artist the next day. So he kind of can't, get so emotionally invested in everything. Cause he knows tomorrow they're going to give him something else to do. But the thing that they, I feel like we labels should do is help artists 
which is artist development, help artists figure out who they are. Figure out what they most. So now when Andrew goes to goes out for for fucking playlists for you, of course he wants New Music Fridays, but he might say women's strength. It might be a playlist that is like strengthening women. Mm-hmm. Now your song fits. It might be a playlist where it's like beautiful girls that work out. Yo, you have a song that fits. And now you're helping him think. Curate the moments. Yep. But if you don't curate your own moments, the label is not set up to curate for you. This is why most artists go on major labels and fail. Because the label is not curating you. They're just like, we're going for this, we're going for this, we're going for this. I know I worked at a label. I know how it goes. But I want to go for where you fit. Because I'd much rather be on a playlist that has 100,000 followers, but it's all your fans, mm-hmm. than go to a playlist that has 3 million followers and I'm you trying to fit you in. Because now I want to go where you are. Mm-hmm. Like, dog, I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. Like, it's, you can always like, go, to play, go to Spotify. Anybody in here, go to Spotify and just search something. Like, broke up with my boyfriend and I'm pissed. You'll find a playlist for that. Interesting. You'll find a playlist for that. Yeah. So if you can't figure out where your music belongs, like, brunch sunday brunch vibes there's a saturday brunch vibes playlist like i'm telling you like they and these playlists of things spotify. huh i gotta get spotify you should because spotify really helps you understand they those really understand the enclaves did i say it right i know to use my education that's how black people know, learn new words you gotta use them <laughs> i just say i, 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 I think i used it wrong by the way i kind of did but but the point is is that i want to see you win brother and 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 i know mark knows this and i don't have to say it but like because this is a new artist I'd rather focus on helping the way I would if I worked at the label. Because when I'm working with new artists, this is how this is why we have been in the 18 years the way we have. Because most people just say, let's give them a hit. And I'm like, let's give them his hit. Mm-hmm. But then I gotta ask you, where does you, where do you wanna exist? Mm-hmm. Where do you wanna exist? Because once we figure that out, now we can aim properly. So when we made big energy for Lotto, the thought process was. Dun, 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 very pop beat, mm-hmm. very friendly to the, 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 the white community, to mm-hmm. the air. Mm-hmm. But then when you hear for the first time, she's saying, I could tell you got big dick energy. You know, as a white woman, this is a black this girl. This is not a white stuff. And, no, but, no, no, even if, no, you still could like it, yeah. but you know it's a black, it's woman. A black woman singing it. Because mm-hmm. you know Taylor Swift ain't going to say you got big dick energy. Mm-hmm. Right. So you mm-hmm. figure out it's a white woman, a black woman saying it. All those things are intentional in how you break an act. Every, every song is an opportunity to, to tell an audience of people that I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Like, if I want if you want I don't give a fuck. This man has been, has done some of the most fucked up shit in the world. But when you want to fuck a woman and you black, nigga, listen. R. Kelly is the it. fucking answer. Listen, listen. listen. My he whole, owns the I moment. And, and, and his best on. song is I Believe I Can Fly. About, about no, first, inspiration. So, about inspiration. That lets you know how talented he is. But when you think about R. Kelly... He sets the tone for fucking. So when I want, so my YouTube. thing is com, when you think about when you think about fucking Lord Africana, I want to be able to say that's the mood that he represents. Because if I can say that, now I know where to. Because everybody don't have all the resources. Now I know where to put the resources at. So that's just the last thing. I'm, that's I'm, a really I'm, good I'm definitely like now that I kind of put it in that context. I'm definitely an, an empowerment artist for sure. Male, female, immigrant. I'm an empowerment artist. Right. For sure. Because I come from a very... Exactly. I love that. Yeah. All three things you said, all the baseline was kind of empowerment. Yeah. Like motivation to get up, go to yeah. work. Motivation to figure out, should you leave this person yeah. or not? Motivation to see what's next. Yeah. So all of that, like you said. Yeah. I'm, here, I'm here to put message. the battery in your back. And my thing to you is, is that knowing that, it's like, bro, I want to see you win, but I want to see 
you do it the way you have to do it to win rather than walking out here getting lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't have to get lucky if you know who you aim music for. <laughs> it's a lot hard to get lucky. Yeah. If you, but if you have a system that you follow, and that's all I want to get to. I appreciate I just, it, but, man. So, so I just want to say, like, bro, your story is inspiring. And I hope anybody listening to this can tell that you didn't get here by mistake. Oh, no. That's the one thing I got from you. I earned that. This ain't no accident. <laughs> no, no. You knew you was going to be sitting in this chair doing interviews a year ago. Oh, I didn't even have a show yet. Listen, <laughs> he I've, knew. I've been watching y'all for a long Thank time. Thank you, bro. And Thank I you, bro. It. That's why, like, when I walked in this room, I was like, Yo, God is different. Thank you, bro. We're going to do a show while we come see you on tour and bring this whole thing 360. Please do. Because we cheering for you. Oh, man. Please do. And I want to tell you, man. Yeah. Oh, man. And, and listen, you're going you to see a smile on my face that oh, day. I, I, I can't wait. The smile y'all going to see on my now. face. Like, as soon as you walk in. You're going to be like Eddie gonna Murphy. That, that slow clap. Well, well, Eddie, Murphy, Eddie Murphy in Trader Places. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> Hit him with I'm the very water, happy we're to back. be here. Yes, we're back. I'm very happy to be here. Listen. No, no, no. But yeah, man, I appreciate you. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, Yoko Vaca. Shout out to our sponsor, Tote and Carry. Yeah. Shout out to everybody that's watching. Wait, before you go, let everybody know where they can find you at on your oh, social listen, media. Listen, I keep it really simple. My social media is all after Lord Africana. L-O-R-D-A-F-R-I-X-A-N-A. Lord Africana, that's on We're going to put it on the screen, by the Instagram, way. Instagram, whatever. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? We're going to put it on the screen. You know, that's what we got. The sure. We got guys for that. We got guys the for that. The EP's <laughs> out now, right? On yeah, all the, streaming platforms? And the EP's Everything. out, all streaming platforms. Ghana must go. Please check it out. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, and, and, and I would say, if give... T DM him, yeah. send him a message. Talk to me. I talk back. Talk back to him. Yeah. Like I think a lot of artists should encourage the people yeah, to talk I really back. Mean that. Talk tell me your him. favorite song because yeah. you are a and songwriter, so you know why yeah. exactly. And tell me why exactly. Because exactly. like for real, like I need I need to know because at the end of the day, if it's trash, let me know. You're the one that's going to interpret it. <laughs> like sure. you know what I mean? nah, so, brother, yeah. that scarf lets us know you ain't that shit on your head. You ain't trash. Listen, nah, nah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, certain, it's certain confidence. It's just certain things you got to do to let niggas know I'm him. That scarf says, nigga, yeah, I'm him. Yeah, nigga. Cool, cool. Simple but good. Simple yeah. but good. So listen, guys. This is the God Show. Thank you to Low Africana. Thank you to Mark Byers and Corey Sparks for showing up. Yeah, man. And we are out. Thank you. That was dope. That was man. dope. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.